Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hawk Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer Porter all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Also, please don't hold what you hear on the podcast against us. We sometimes like to drink before we record. Okay, all right. Sometimes I like to drink before, during, and after we record. Go Hogs! What is going on, Arkansas Razorback fans? Welcome to the Hog Talk Podcast, episode 48. We are closing in on episode 50. We're we're trying like hell to get old Sam Sam Pittman on, but I don't I don't know that that's going to happen. I I think he's just a little bit busy. Uh, even even by the time we record that 50th episode, with me today, our producer Porter Hayes. How you doing, man? Do it good. Do it good. Another Sunday. Uh, boy has stress, so kind of been dealing with that. So, mm-hmm. That's too bad. Yeah. he. I took him to our little work dinner we had and come back. And he had like a 103 temperature, so I immediately put him in a bath. And we, we finally got him calmed down. But other than that, man, everything's going good. Well, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. My weekend, well, I, I've been sharing it with you guys on Marco Polo and in our Discord as well. Our, our week has been completely crazy. We, we've had to rip out our cabinets, and we're having to deal with a mess, and it's just been one thing after another. And so I've been a little distracted, and I've been playing catch-up all weekend. Uh, I wanted to give a heads-up to everyone who's been asking me about the uh, the actual Pictorial Network live shows. I tried to go live Thursday. When it rains, it pours. My internet decided to take a huge dump. And ever since Thursday, it's been kind of up and down. God willing, we're able to have a, a, a flawless show tonight with no technical difficulties, but I'm not holding my breath. The, the internet has just been atrocious. So we have officially, we're, we're done with Cox. We're going to leave Cox Internet. We're going to go with Ozark Go. We're going to give them the old college try because anything's better than what we have with Cox Internet. Um, I did have someone reach out to me who actually works for Cox and he hit me up. We're actually friends on Facebook. He IM'd me and he was, or DM'd me rather, sorry, AOL nineties stuff kind of kicking in there. Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo. Yeah. I got Yahoo instant messaged, but he hit me up because man, I'm so sorry for the issues you're having. He's like, if I could, if you're in my, in my area, I'd come help you out. And I'm like, I, you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm out the, I'm out the door. I'm going to have to try these guys out at Ozark go. Well, and I've heard a lot of things of, Ozarks go because they're doing the same thing down here in Ozark with uh, wave uh, internet. You know, basically the electric company got a huge grant and they're running their fiber infrastructure, mm. partnering up with with the uh, electric company. So I mean, brilliant idea. Because yeah, they're they're able to put fiber in rural areas. So, yeah. but I, everybody I've talked to up in Northwest Arkansas when I've worked up there, they're really impressed with the speeds because you could get gigabit speeds and it's, I guarantee it's a lot cheaper than what Cox is 
charge in you. Yeah, uh, anything, anything has got to be better. And look, I don't mean to go on this tangent about this, but like this is canceled. I've had to cancel, I don't know, three shows in the last two months, and that's I only do two live shows a week, um, and that that kind of that hits. You know, it's not like I'm doing a show every single day where I can kind of make up for what I miss. And I thought about maybe doing something Saturday, but we weren't un- we were unable to because we had another Christmas party to go to, which was great, which was fun. Shout out to Caitlin and John. Uh, I think I think one of them listens listens to the show. Shout out to you guys, awesome host, had a great time. Anyways, I'm getting that solved. Unfortunately, we have to stick it out with Cox until Ozark Go comes out here and you know installs their equipment and so on and so forth. But I am I am hoping to God that this is a. Uh, that this works out because um, <laughs> this, I just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of dealing with the stress. So, all right, we're going to talk. We're going to start off like we usually do Porter, who you mostly cover for us. You cover the, the women's and, and do a great job of it. They absolutely stomped a mud hole in the Northwestern demons, a three and five team today. They, they came in to Fayetteville and they left with a, with a sore, I'm sure a bumper bruise here and there. They got stomped 39 to 99 Porter, you got your numbers in front of you. I, I just want to know your your takeaway from that game. What do you think? Another dominant performance. Um, you know, Arkansas. You know, the Lady Banks have have went on these runs. Like during that Tulsa Tulsa game, it seemed like every quarter they went on like a ten to two, twelve to two run. Well, it was all tied up at thirteen, and they went on a twenty four nothing run. Good um, I mean, just you know, Northwestern State. It, it's one of them games right before finals. You know, it, it's. You know, you don't want to get a too tough opponent, but I mean, they have, they're in full season form right now. I mean, Amber Ramirez, I mean, it seems like every game somebody else is stepping up. That's what I love about this team. It's not the same person like it was, you know, last year. You know, Amber Ramirez had, you know, 21 points on the night, and, you know, they're still getting, you know, rebounding from <clears throat> Dombia and Taylor Thomas. Uh, Golden, she's really stepped up the past few games, as, you know, in the, in the guard position to help out uh, Alexis Tolfrey. You know, she had another 11 points tonight. So, you know, Barnum's getting 14. So, I mean, they're getting these points from these from from the bench that is really going to help them when it comes to SEC play. And I mean, in in two weeks, January 2nd, they got six ranked Texas A&M. So, their their first game in the SEC play is going to be a tough one. Yeah, I, but you know what though? Last year they got gypped. Tennessee got got put in over them. We all know that that was a that was a I don't know. That's an inside job to me. I, I at least I feel that way. I say oh, we all yeah, know, agree. But totally agree. Yeah, they're 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 going in this year. They're going to make the tournament. I've I got I got a chance to watch them live. I was impressed, especially after the fact when we realized the team they had played was actually really damn good. And the Ladybacks just um, you know. Eventually, they they pulled away and found a way to win that one, and and then tonight, once again, like you mentioned, another beatdown, another beatdown. I want you brought up something good too here. I saw, I just saw your message, Porter. There's so much that happened, a lot of positivity with the Hog Talk podcast. We have partnered up with the Arkansas Alumni Association, and that is absolutely incredible. Yeah, definitely, and and a lot of people don't really understand what that means, and I think that's while we mentioned it on the show. So basically what we're doing for the Arkansas Alumni Association is we're going to help promote their events. You know, they had one uh, yesterday at, and Rogers, you know, so we're going to help promote their events, their tailgates. Um, they, they want us to help them with some future things coming up at uh, some basketball games. 
and in return they are they're going to put a link to our podcast and and the hog talk podcast on their website their app so everywhere you can find the arkansas alumni app go download it Mm -hmm. it's free you don't have to be an alumni to get it it's free you can keep up with all the events and news that they have and we're happy to be a part of it i mean the the uh, catherine and terry over there at the alumni house uh very generous very yeah. very nice to talk to and i i can speak for me ty and jacob that we're very honored and privileged to be able to to be partnered up with them yeah it's a big deal it's it's uh some people were asking in our discord if this was some sort of monetary gain if we were going to be partnered up for you know making some sort of commission or whatever. And it's like, no, we're not, this isn't a, uh, there's no cash involved here. This isn't them paying us or vice versa. This is just, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's for, for both brands to grow. We're trying to grow the hog talk and they want more people aware of the Arkansas alumni association. And and they have a ton of members already, but they want to continue to expand and grow and throughout all their chapters around the, around the country. They want to bring awareness to them and into their events and what they've got going on. And we are we are so happy to be a part of that. Like you already said, Porter, it's an honor and a privilege to to be working alongside them. I was I've never actually been inside that building, and then to walk in there it was it was just, I don't know it was really cool. It was really a neat, um, pretty neat little environment they've got going on over there. I dig the hog statues and everything they've got going on. And like you said, they're friendly, really cool people. I, th- I think this is going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to working alongside with them. Okay, well, we we got the women's and uh, the Arkansas alumni. We've got that accomplished here. Let's move into the men's team really quick, or the men's basketball. We'll uh, we'll sum it up quick. They uh, they're going to move to nine and one after beating Tulsa ninety eight to seventy nine. Keep in mind, Tulsa, who was not highly projected preseason but then they found themselves they got off to an eight and two start on the season walked into Fayetteville and you mentioned this earlier Porter they got off to this really good start and they never really looked back uh they at one point that had 20 point lead on Tulsa the Razorbacks win this game 98 to 79 Jacob's boy Mason Jones definitely the MVP of this thing six rebounds 41 points he was on fire what did you think? What, did you did you get the same feeling that I did that like this thing wasn't really this wasn't really a, a, a well I'm not gonna say it wasn't a game but it it just never felt like Tulsa was in this ball game. Yeah, in, in the first half definitely. Now in the second half, you know, they started to try to they had a point where they they got within ten, I believe. Yeah, but, I think the guy, I, mean, I actually think they got down to single yeah. digits. I think they did get down to nine. But they just and when I and I work on Saturdays, so I mean I listened to it on the radio, and I was actually uh, at an appointment, so I got to listen to it. And you know there was fifteen thousand people there at that game. I mean you could hear it through the radio. You could hear, you know, it's good for a non-conference game this early in the season. If if that doesn't show you where the excitement is already with Eric Musselman and this team, wait till mm-hmm. conference game starts and they start playing them big, you know, the big teams, but. Yeah, when I was listening to it on the radio, it seemed like everything went right. Like that first half, especially with that shot at the end of the first half when it went <laughs> up and it almost touched the, the shot clock and then come back in. I mean, it, that showed me that, okay, everything's going Arkansas's way. And, and, and I hate to say it, but even the refs were kind of going their way a little bit too. Oh, my gosh. They, got, they definitely finally – I'm going to say this. Watched a lot of basketball in my day. I'm sure you have as well. 
Home teams always get home cooking. That's that's just a part of it. Home teams get home cooking. All right, the refs kind of they you see a lot of makeup calls and things like that. Arkansas, I don't think this year has gotten the kind of home cooking that they got against Tulsa. They got some calls, man. There's no doubt about that. But talking about what Mason Jones did, 41 points, okay. But then the other guy Jimmy Witt, who didn't have a ton of ton of numbers, but this guy comes up with five rebounds, eleven points. His mid range jumper, man, it is on point. This guy does not miss from with that mid range jumper. It's just a thing of perfection. Although I should say the the shot itself isn't sexy. It's not super pretty, but it always finds a way. It's almost like just you know no no rim at all. It's all nothing but net. Isaiah Joe would be the second leading scorer in this game with 20 points. Um, the Razorbacks ended this game with 12 steals. 12 steals to Tulsa's five. They shot uh, The Razorbacks shot 56% from the floor, which is incredible. 34 of 60. That's some damn good shooting. Uh, and, and not all that was just inside game. There was definitely, like I said, the mid-range and outside shooting and perimeter shooting was on point. 36% at three-point range, 11 of 30 there. There was 65% at the free-throw range. We'd like to see those numbers bump up more, but, hey, I'm going to take it because you, you still end up winning this game 98-79. to 79. Um, They got some production from the from the bench, a little bit of production, some quality minutes there. Um, yeah, it was it was a... As as good as you could expect from Arkansas this year, they're gonna, they've got a their schedule gets a little bit more challenging. You turn around, you're gonna play uh, Val. I always mispronounce these guys. Val Valparaiso. Yeah, Valparaiso. The the Crusaders, and then after that, the big one. You're going on the road to take on Indiana, who's sitting at undefeated at home, nine and zero with a ten and one overall record as it stands, according to ESPN. Basketball Power Index, Indiana is favored at 68%, which honestly, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not, I, you, sometimes you'll hear me kind of, you know, wait, that's, that's not right. That doesn't make any sense. But here, I'm, I'm going to have to say that that's, that's probably pretty accurate. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that at all. Um, all right. Let's get into so the stuff on that, there. On that Indiana oh. game, did they not play last year at, at Freedom Hall? Oh, man. You would ask me that when we're recording, wouldn't you? Did they? No, that, that game was at home. Fayetteville. Okay, I thought I I could have sworn this game was at. Uh, I don't. I don't have my media guide with me. I, I'm I'm almost positive they played that thing in Fayetteville. Okay, and they might have. I was just thinking, like I didn't know if they had they played at the same same place twice. Yeah. So moving to uh, Razorback football. Okay, no. We don't know what's going on with Barry Odom. We have no idea. Yeah, he's officially, Sam Pittman has taken to ESPN on, on Paul Feinbaum's show. He talked about it during the Razorbacks when they when they were playing Tulsa, talking about Barry Odom. I don't know what the holdup is with the with him being announced officially by the University of Arkansas. Typically, you would see some sort of, you'd see them tweet out official, you know, Barry Odom, defensive coordinator. I don't know what the holdup is because that's been the rumor now for like three days that this guy's going to be the defensive coordinator. I, I think that's still the plan. I've not been told otherwise. As for the offensive coordinator, again, I don't know what the, I don't know what their hold what the holdup is there. You do have Chip Long from Notre Dame, the OC that was uh, that was that's been removed from from that job from from uh, Notre Dame. And then you've also got Rhett Lashley's name out there floating around, and there's there's several others. We won't go down the list, but 
we don't have anything as of right now. As of Sunday night at, at 6.50 p.m. on December 15th, we have no idea who, who the – we don't know what the holdup is with Odom, and we don't know what's going on with the offensive coordinator position. Uh, hopefully we'll hear more. I'm assuming we'll know more this time uh, by Monday night. If Odom – if this is all held up because of contract negotiations, we'll, we'll know – We'll know more hopefully by tomorrow night. So let let me ask you something. How how crazy and how ballsy was that of of Pittman to basically say that on on the Paul Feinbaum show without there even being like a formal announcement or I mean that was crazy for him just and I guess that that shows his honesty. He's not going to BS you. You know he'll tell you. Look, he's on the way down here right now. So I yeah. Mean, it's just what what's your opinion on that? I. When I heard him say that, because I didn't get a chance to hear it live, I had to wait till later on. So I'd already kind of seen everybody's reactions to it. Um, I, I, I don't know. For for one, I think people are still kind of stuck with the Brett Bielema, how much he embarrassed Arkansas at the podium, like how often he would say things, and fans would be like, "Oh God, please don't say that." Uh, Arkansas's been left at the podium before in, in this coaching search stuff. It, it's happened, and I, I if if it turns out to not be the case. I th- he was at the Razorback game. I'm almost positive someone spotted him at the Tulsa game. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, like I said, I've been preoccupied all week with stuff going on here at the house, so I'm a little out of the loop, but I'm pretty sure Barry Odom is in town. If for him to say that and then it not be true, Porter fans, that's going to that's gonna leave a lot of people. <laughs> oh, that would be a huge backlash. I mean, oh, a huge man. deal. I mean, because, I mean, it's basically like you, you promised us a guy and, now, now he's not even here. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I don't know. I, if if he signs him, then more it's then it's a mute point, I guess. If if it turns out that it was all just kind of held up with contract negotiations and 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 you know law talk, lawyers talking this whole thing out, and then whatever, and then that's the end of it. Okay, fine. It doesn't even matter. But if if um, if he does walk away from this, not the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Oh man, that's just going to look bad. But I, I think he does sign. With Arkansas, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this whole next week, you know, how it all unfolds. Because you've also got signing period on the 18th. That begins the early signing period. So this week's gonna be full of, of roller coaster rides. It's it's just gonna be a it's gonna be some drama. Uh, speaking of that, before we get into recruiting, before I try to transition to recruiting, Nick Starkle did enter the transfer portal. And I wanted to ask you this, Porter, a couple of things with uh, with with Nikki leaving, with Starkle leaving. Did, is it possible that he just saw the writing on the wall? And uh, what do you think this means for the future of the position at, at the quarterback position? Oh yeah, definitely. I think he, man, man, I don't know where his head's at. I mean, we've seen his just decline over the last you know half of the season. How he just got in his head and he could, just never could get out of it. And it could be the same thing like with, with story, you know, going to a realizing that I need to go to a, a lower level school. And we all seen what story did, you know, I mean, he was the newcomer of the year for the conference at Western Kentucky. So, I mean, maybe he just needs a reset. I think it all has to do personal. I think it has to do with him working with himself and his own. I don't think it has anything to do with a, a writing on the wall or, or what's going to happen at Arkansas. I, I think he just, he needs a new start, and he's going to go somewhere else and, and try to try to be the guy there. What about the future of the position? What are, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I know it's it's pretty simple to say, well, John Steven and KJ, and then you you could have an incoming quarterback, but 
Uh, do you think it has an impact at all at the position? Well, we don't know who our offensive coordinator is. So, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't go into details and say what's going to be at the quarterback because we don't know who's going to be. I mean, they don't, I don't even think they have a quarterback's coach. So, right. um, I, I don't want to comment on that yet because I have nothing to see what kind of coordinator. And I don't want to start speculating on if they get this guy, this could be. I mean, we just have to see what's going on. And, and it all comes down to if they could flip, you know, uh, Jacoby. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of pieces to be put into place between now and, and spring practice, you know. Yeah. You never know. It could be Clint Sterner's the offensive uh, or the uh, quarterback coach. He's, he's kind of lobbying for it at uh, talking with 1037 The Buzz. He was, he was quoted as saying, I would love to be a quarterback coach or a quarterback consultant for Arkansas. I think it was Jacob who said, and I, I thought this was an interesting point, that maybe this – Maybe that this will uh, open up the eyes of of Criswell seeing someone like that step away, and I I don't know that that's going to going to be the case because this won't have any impact on him at all. Um, I don't think. I, no, it, no. This you're, if you're talking about Starkle, if that's part of your question, like if Starkle moving out has anything to do with Jacoby's um, decision, I don't think it has anything to do. I think even if he stayed, if he wanted to come, he he was going to come try to take the starting spot. So, well, what is what is interesting is that you do have KJ on campus, right? You've got KJ on campus. You got John Steven. Both those guys saw quite a bit of playing time. Well, at least we know John Steven did, and and uh, he'll be a redshirt sophomore next year. KJ still is going to keep his red. He's going to keep his red shirt because you know they only played him those last four games. And now, I don't know if if when you get your offensive coordinator in here, if you get someone like Clint. And by the way. I would be 100% fine with Clint Sterner being quarterback coach. Just going to say it. I think that guy, he runs like a summer quarterback camp. I think he, he does something with, and he's consulted before, I believe, on quarterbacks somewhere. I, I think I'd read that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I would, I'd be all for it. Because the guy, too, could you imagine someone like that on, on the recruiting trail? He's a salesman. Listen to him talk in his interviews on the radio and on when he was working with SEC Network. I'd love for that guy to sit in the living room of Jacoby Criswell and be like, hey, look, I can develop quarterbacks. I played a little bit in the league for the Cowboys. Uh, I've been around. I, 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 you know, I've coached quarterbacks or I've been around them enough to know the position. I obviously played the position and uh, I, I run this camp. So come be a part of what, I'm, of what, we're, of what we're doing at Arkansas. I'd love Clint Cerner to be the, the quarterback coach. Talk about redemption, too, after all that – all the crap that he gets for that Tennessee fumble for him to come in and then to develop someone like a KJ Jefferson or John Steven or even a Jacoby Criswell. That's that's redemption, man. That would be awesome for him. Although to be to be honest, it's not like he didn't make up for it later on as a Razorback during his playing career. Um no, I I, I guess the question I guess the reason why I asked what it means for the the future of the position is does it have an impact? Um, for these guys making their decisions moving forward as to whether or not they want to transfer. If, if Starkle's still out there, he's going to be a senior. He's been around. He's played in the SEC. Um, maybe that. Maybe well, that's you, still have, you still have Jack Lindsay on the, the squad, too. That's right? true. So, that is true. Got him. Yeah. He didn't look terrible. I mean, you know, well, give the guys nobody, some credit. Yeah, but that was. it seemed like everybody <laughs> they threw in had the first good. And I'm not saying the guy's not good it's just it, yeah. that was that was Arkansas season they look good when they come in and then it's like the second time around it's like it, it, it almost seemed like once the defensive 
and I guess that's what separates the other teams around the SEC than Arkansas when it comes to defense and, and adjusting. It seemed like once the, the defensive coordinator and another team adjusted to what they did and what they mm-hmm. brought to the table, they shut them down. So yeah. I think we need a running quarterback and a throw, you know, a dual threat because that way it's it's more unpredictable what they're going to do opposed to they got them keyed down and it's like they couldn't adjust to their adjustment. Yeah. I did hear and I I put out so I recorded the Thursday Thursday podcast for the for the pig trail and then also the hog talk. I got that all put together on Thursday. Put the pig trail out late and like I said I'm I've been behind the I've been behind it a little bit this week trying to play catch up. And I had said that on that episode, I think it was Pig Trail, I said I'd like to see them spread things open and go with a four four and five wide kind of Petrino esque type of offense, like that pro I don't know what you'd call what Petrino really ran at the end of the day, but um just something more where you where you spread it out, get away from the RPO, do something different. But then after I put that podcast out i then went back and watched uh got caught up on some Pittman interviews and he talked about how much he likes the rpo and i was like oh damn it i meant <laughs> so he he it sounds like he does want to run the rpo and you'll get your wish with kj or with john steven or with Lindsay. you're gonna have a running quarterback well uh, now i mean and he could also been thinking of what he can do with what he has to work with now and that's true I, that's what i kind of got from it when he was saying you know, we're going to go with some RPO. I think he's he's looking at his roster and he's saying, what can we be more successful with? And I think with yeah. a, a quarterback like KJ and Jack Lindsay and John Stephen Jones, who can run a little bit, mm-hmm. I think you could you could try to get a little bit out of that RPO, especially when you if you got Burks and uh, Knox still, yeah. you know, still out there at wide receiver. My only problem with the RPO is that my God, everybody runs it, and if you don't have a ballsy coordinator, a solid offensive line, or you know you're you're at least good up front, and a playmaker or even a difference maker at quarterback, surrounded with some upper, upper, you know, the, the more talented skill position guys, um, if you don't have that, then you're just another run of the mill RPO like everybody else, and and. I don't know that Arkansas has that personnel to 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 run the RPO the way it's supposed to be, and I don't. To be honest with you, God knows what they really should be doing on offense because last year they had no identity. But I do think with the addition of Pittman, with the guy that he brought the offensive line coach, with what they're building there, I do think they're going to be better up front next year. And I know I said that last year too. And I'll be honest, I do think there was some some. Uh, improvement along the offensive line compared to the 2018 season, but it's not saying a whole hell of a lot because they were still bad up front. So, But I think you will see that improvement in 2020. So maybe the RPO will be more effective because you have a more competent offensive coordinator, assuming maybe it is uh, Chip uh, Chip Long or Rhett Lashley if they want to implement their own style or their own version of the RPO. I, just, I hate it because... Eight out of ten college programs run the RPO, and if they're not running RPO, then maybe you're maybe you're still running pistol or I formation or offset I kind of ground pound, or you're doing or you're or you're air raid or you're against the grain somehow running an air raid. And I was kind of hoping that they would. It's basically a it's basically a zone read pass. I mean that's basically that's all it is. Watch, yeah, and and it's just it's like the wildcat when when the wildcat first come out. A lot of teams were trying to do that, and then you know that air raid a lot of you know when Gus Malzahn went to Auburn and he 
was doing what he did at Arkansas State at Auburn. I mean, everybody it's – it's almost like fads. Yeah. A lot of teams start doing the same thing, and that's where we are. It's the newest, oh, coolest is, thing yeah. to try to – because kind of like what we talked about last time, I mean, you've got to try to get ahead of the game because you, you lose one or two games. You're already out of the national championship conversation. Oh, yeah. But, so, I mean, you're always trying to get out on top. and But – I think we know we've proven too. You got to have a good defense too. You get pressure. Oh, yeah. That can totally. But I kind of want to catch you off guard and, and switch subjects, man. Uh, oh, okay. What happened to them Rams today? Oh man. What? what? I mean, what? why you got to? Why you got to do that? Why you got to be? <laughs> I, I didn't know, and then I looked, and um, I actually uh, was on Twitter, and I seen this meme with the big screen, like when they done Game of Thrones, <laughs> and it yeah. showed. It showed the Cowboys' record of zero and six versus winning teams go to one and six, and the crowd went crazy. I yeah. thought that was really hilarious. But yeah, um, I, what what's, what happened with that? I so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I didn't, thank God I didn't. I haven't even had time to go back and look at the box score or anything like that. They're just I don't know what it is. They're so inconsistent. They could beat the living crap out of Seattle and turn around and get spanked by the by the dead gum cowboys and the worst part about it is i'm in cowboy country if you're not cowboys here you're chiefs and like i really am against the grain as a ram fan as i am in life in general whether it's politically or or teams you know other than maybe being a cardinal fan everyone around here is a cardinal fan but um yeah it's just embarrassing i don't know i i really hope that that they get some new blood in here next year aaron donald's not really I, I'm not going to put it on Donald. I just I don't know if it's a, if if it's a health issue or what's going on. They've just they got a lot of work to do, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Goff is just so wildly inconsistent. But yeah, what was the what was the final score like? Seventy four to twenty one. Okay, all right. And, well, that... and and the deal is, and you know what we were talking about before about when we we're talking about the Arkansas quarterbacks and like adjustment. I think other teams adjusted to what McVeigh does and they're not oh, yeah. as, as successful you know so it's it, it's almost like that one trick pony I mean they had their their run and then people caught up it's like okay now can you can you readjust and he hasn't been able to do that um he's 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 younger than we are the guy's yeah. like it's like he just graduated high school five years oh, yeah. ago he's at <laughs> Lincoln Riley has yeah, the same thing I mean it's like yeah. Lincoln Riley just stepped into a gold mine Mm, you know, oh, but did, my, yeah. fa- my father-in-law and uh, my stepson, they're Rams fans. And my, my father-in-law, he's been Rams since they were in L.A. the first time. Oh, wow. You know, That's longer so than me. Yeah. He, he's Dodgers in L.A. through because he's from California. So oh. um, I was actually on the way back from Huntsville with getting my stepson, and he had his Rams hoodie on. And I said, uh, check the score. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, all his friends at school are Cowboys fans. So he said, I, I told oh. him, I said, you still wear it. Still be proud. David yeah. lost. Be proud. And he said, I am. There's there's pictures of me. Him. There's pictures of me in seventh grade. I'm talking 1997, pre greatest show on turf, right before Kurt Warner and and they brought in Mike Martz. Before that, I was proudly wearing my my Rams jersey. I knew they sucked. I didn't care. They were part of a city that I loved because St. Louis to me growing up was like. I don't know. We just we have a my family. We have a really strong connection to that city, and obviously, growing up as a Cardinal fan, it was nice for them to have a pro team back. And yeah, and really, I became a Ram fan the day LA actually, or when they left LA when the Rams left. But yeah, it's it's just uh, I said at the beginning of the year, and people 
said I was wrong, and and I think I'm I'm on I'm. It looks like projecting, anyways. I I said at the beginning they're not going to make the playoffs. I just had this feeling that kind of like you said, it was kind of a one trick pony. McVeigh kind of caught the NFC West with their with their pants down and was able to to figure it out and get it going. And it helps when you've got Gurley and 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 you've got these all pro wideouts and and Goff. He had Goff turned around. It was wonderful. But the Cowboys look, and I know we got Cowboy fans that listen to this. Dak has proven me wrong. I really thought this year he'd have a terrible year. I thought he would honestly, I don't know, after he was looking for that massive contract, I really thought, like, yeah, right, buddy. We'll see. And I don't know how he's looked in the last few weeks, but I think he's he's overall it looks like he's done okay for himself. But Cowboys are moving it. They're maybe they'll be uh maybe they'll fight the end of the year. Well, it is the end of the year. Yeah, Cowboys going to Cowboy. They'll lose next week. They're hogs gonna hog, yeah. cowboys yeah. gonna cowboy, yeah. yeah. That's like everybody says, when are they gonna rank the hogs? I said, don't rank them until April. <laughs> yeah. Because every time you rank the hogs, they shit the bed. <laughs> very true, very true. All right, let's get into uh, some recruiting information. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Uh, three star, six foot six, three hundred fifty pound offensive tackle who's currently committed to Mizzou, Mister Ray Curry Jr., a very very strong target of Sam Pittman and his staff. What staff he has, anyways, will be announcing. He's going to be announcing on the eighteenth at one thirty p.m. I'm assuming that means he's going to sign somewhere because um, that's when it actually starts the early signing period. I don't know if that just means he's announcing his commitment or if he's signing. I don't have that information in front of me, but regardless, we'll know at one thirty on the eighteenth uh, where he's headed. And then you've also got uh, the mystery visitor this weekend, and I called it. I said on I think Wednesday or Thursday on Discord that it was Miles Slusher, and then like. Two hours later, someone in our Discord goes, oh, look, Miles Slusher, <laughs> they posted an article they found somewhere, and I was like, yeah, I said that like two hours ago, buddy. Keep up. And Miles Slusher was the surprise visit. He is currently in Oregon. He's currently committed to Oregon. He's a four-star safety. Uh, he had the surprise visit this weekend. He's going to be making his official decision on uh, 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, I, if if you're going to ask me where I think he goes, i I don't think he ends up at Arkansas. I just maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not. I'm not hearing the last I heard, which was a couple of days ago, or no, it was yesterday. Talking with someone, it doesn't sound super promising, but then again, you never know. And then the big name, four-star quarterback Jacoby Criswell. We've talked about him time and time again here. He did officially go on his North Carolina visit. Sounds like he had a good time. I, I don't have his information in front of me either. I don't know if he's gonna. If he's going to sign this week, if he's going to take part in the early signing period, or if he has an announcement date, I don't. Again, I don't have that information in front of me. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then also, last little tidbit here: four-star former commit to the Razorbacks, four-star receiver Darren Turner, six foot three, two hundred ten pounds, came on another official visit. There was an amendment to the NCAA rule where you could go back on another official visit if the school that you went to the first time on the visit made a change. So the NCAA made a, you know, they made a change there in their rules and allowed him to come back, which is very promising that he was able to do that this last weekend. He had nothing but positive things to say on the visit. Uh, he decommitted from Arkansas back on November 13th. He was committed for a while. This kid's big time. I mean, again, you're talking six, two and a half, six, three, 210 pounds, athletic, agile, uh, big time, possible recommitment, I guess you could say, but he's going to make his decision on Thursday. He's deciding between five schools. 
which are uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, Miami, and, of course, Arkansas. That's your recruiting update there. Of those names, Porter, I'm going to throw. I'm just going to throw a, a curveball at you. Who do you think? Well, okay. Besides Jacoby Criswell, wh- let me just say this: Who do you think? What do you think their odds are of getting these three? Do you think it's one out of three, two out of three, all three? What do you think? If they could just get one out of three. It'd be great. I, I think yeah. just to start. I, I mean, here's the here's the deal. I mean, and when it comes back to the your coordinators again. Yep. It's hard to come in and sell when you don't know the, the your product that you're selling, and that it's not Pittman's fault, you know. No. Um, for him to get one of them would be a blessing. It would be an awesome, and I think recruits are starting to see what he's doing. I mean, if you follow social media, um, there, there's there's commits and there's people out there who are noticing what Pittman's doing. So I mean, if that reaches out to one person, that would be great, and from there. And even if we don't get any of them, I think he's already starting to lay that foundation that kind of like what I said with Musselman, and I hate to keep comparing the two, but to me it's like they're in the same spot, getting these in-state kids and getting getting these four- and five-star recruits just to even think about coming to Arkansas. Yeah, Because to be honest, in the past that was unheard of. I mean, it, unless it was a Gafford or a, or a oh gosh, Portis, mm-hmm. you know, those people who just wanted to be a hog, it was hard to even get them on campus to to consider. So, what he's been doing seems to be working okay now. It, let's just see. Let, let's get through this early signing period and and uh, when the other signing period in February, I believe, and see what he can do. You know, I, that that's my opinion. I think. And, well, and I'll say this: I think they do end up getting two out of three. I'll say that. I think I I. I believe they get well, – I say two out of three. Actually, there's four. My bad. I mentioned Turner, Criswell, Slusher, and uh, Ray Curry. I think you end up with two out of four. Uh, I don't think they get Slusher. And for some reason, I don't like their odds with Jacoby Criswell. I know that's blasphemy to say right now, especially because I don't, I don't have all of his information as far as whether or not he's going to uh, sign or if he's going to just commit when he makes his announcement and then what his plans are beyond that. But um, – I don't think I'm just not feeling too well about Criswell right now, and then Slusher. But I will say, I didn't. I missed this. Ray Curry actually was crystal balled to Arkansas, I, I think this morning by Danny West. So they do have Arkansas effectively flipping Ray Curry Jr. Guys, six six, three hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, you know, out of Memphis, out of White Station High School, out of Memphis, Tennessee. Has some some you know other than Mizzou at the time and what little research I was able to do he did have a committable offer from Mississippi State as well and supposedly Auburn had a lot of interest you know just again I've got to remind people just because they have offers on the table that doesn't necessarily mean that they're committable offers sometimes it's a hey wait here's an offer we want you to know we're interested but we're we're kind of looking around as well i mean i don't know if they say that effectively to the to the recruit but that's what that is and then they'll come back and either accept their commitment or not assuming they have an offer out but uh, on 24/7 sports ray curry is the number 73 offensive tackle in the country he's a top 30 prospect out of tennessee uh, and that's their composite score ranked inside the top 1,948. So I think they end up with Ray Curry, and I think they end up getting Darren Turner back. And Turner, I was bummed when he decommitted. Like, I, I really didn't think they had a shot at getting him back. But then again, you know, he's a, he's one of those, he's, he's a Memphis kid, Memphis Central. 
everything I've heard about him, he's 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 a solid kid on and off the field. He's a good he's a good guy, highly highly rated. He's a top thirty five wide receiver out of high school, top ten player out of Tennessee, nationally ranked top two hundred according to the composite score of twenty four seven sports. I do think they end up getting him back. He has legit committable offers from some big time programs. Um, Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, and Louisville all have. I I was told now this, this was back when he committed to Arkansas that all those offers at the time were very committable. Um, but again, I I've caught a hint of some of the things he had to say after his official visit, and they were very positive. That led me to believe that um, he he could be a Razorback. So that'd be big time. Uh, I was trying to pull up where they're ranked at right now and in, in uh, their overall score. Yeah, they're 14th in the league and that's understandable, you know, that we we get it. It's you just fired your coach and their national rank is 118th in the country. But they have they've only got six commits and they'll fill that out. I don't know where. I don't know will if 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 they're going to you know, I don't know if they're going to break back into the top 30. I'm going to say I doubt it. But you never know with Sam Pittman. You never know. You never know. And like you said, Porter, it's all about who you bring in, too, when you fill out the rest of the staff. Um, and you get your coordinators in position. You get them on the recruiting trail. And, and, and it's all about right now for me, and I'm sure Pittman feels the same way, it's all about not necessarily flipping them right now, but convincing them to hold off on that early signing period and to wait until February. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's a big, that'd be a big plus because if you've got – and that's like I said, getting the guys on campus, same goes for that. If you can just even get them to second-guess signing, that's a, that's a huge win. Even if you don't get them in the end, you're getting the attention of these players because next year when he has a full year of recruiting and gets his gets some of these guys that he can really work on in these relationships, and they see what he's about. You know, yeah. I, see, I see the person he is. <clears throat> he's very genuine. And it's crazy that, you know, when this this coaching search was going on and everybody's like, well, you don't need a guy that knows Arkansas. You don't need a guy who necessarily is from Arkansas to to get Arkansas and come in and be successful. But you wound up with a guy who gets Arkansas. I think he gets the culture just like Musselman does. And he's a genuine Southern guy. And I think, you know, he'll come in and because here's the deal. I think he can win those mamas. I think he could go in those living rooms and 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 get and get those mamas to to change their you know because I'm telling you what mama says goes mm-hmm. and if he can go into a house and win over mama he can get two or three of these guys that he wouldn't normally get yeah he he mentioned that on his uh, when he was doing the interview at the Tulsa game with the with the the play by play guys. He talked about winning over, winning over Mama, and I thought, man, that's actually, yeah, that's that's what you got to do. And I think he he definitely puts an emphasis on winning the family, which is also huge. Uh, you know, not just Mama, but the whole family. But Mama well, you is talk definitely. To any wins. of these coaches, you know, you talk to any of these coaches that are really good at recruiting, they'll tell you that you got to win the parents because you are, especially if you want them to come out of state and play. The, the parents have got to know that their babies are going to be taken care of. Because, I mean, I know these are men. These are 18-year-old young men, but if I can say that, I don't know if young men offends anybody, you know, but, you know, <laughs> young men, they're coming in and they want to feel like they're taken care of. Because now they're going to be their new, you know, their their guy that they're going to watch over. So if they yep. feel like they are trusting 
that that speaks volumes, and I think Pittman can do that. I do too. I, he's he really is like he's not a he's not all about the shine, man. He's he he admits like I'm from Grove, Oklahoma. It's not about all just the bells and whistles. Like you 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 get what you see, you see what you get. An old ball coach used to say to us uh, years ago, and, and that's absolutely the truth. Uh, with with him, with Pittman, it's just uh, is what it is, and he's okay with that. And he's he's one on the recruiting trail with that, and uh, like you said, winning over the mamas and, and the family and getting people involved. But it's also like I remember when he was the offensive line coach here. I thought if he gets them on campus, it's like a done deal, and it seemed like that was the truth under Brett Bielema and, and, and with Pittman, anyways. As the offensive line coach, getting these kids, he got them on campus and it was over. Like they were going to commit to Arkansas and eventually sign. And he brought some good ones along with him. So I think, Porter, I think we basically covered everything we were going to cover. Is there anything else? Did I miss out on anything? No, I think I think everything's good. We had a good show. Miss Jacob, he's off, you know, <laughs> poor him off in some island somewhere. You know, poor guy, roughing it. So, uh, shout out to him. You know, he's he's been busy. We miss him being on the show with us. So, uh, we do have our fiftieth coming up soon. So, mm. fans be looking out for that. We're we're trying to <laughs> trying to hustle and bustle to get Mister Pittman to come on. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're going to try to make it happen. Let me ask you a question, Jacob. Is he a camper or is he a glamper? Oh, he glamper. <laughs> he glamper. <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he wouldn't know how to pitch a tent. You know, he he's up in the cabin somewhere. If they're if they if they're a gate, they're up on an island. Uh, cave yeah, islands. yeah, he's a glamper. Yeah, oh, we love you, Jacob. I gotta I gotta bust his balls, but oh yeah, I don't, I don't think he would know what to do with a camper if he didn't have a slide out. You know, he is going if he's on the show Thursday. He's gonna let you have it. You know that, right? Oh, that's fine. I'll tell. <laughs> As nice as possible, though, because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, I guess if I get thrown to jail, he, I know who to call to bail me out. There you go. There you go. Give him a call. I don't have his number. I'd totally plug his his uh, his being a bail bondsman and all that, but I don't have his number. Jacob, you're going to have to hook us up. All right, episode 48, that's going to do it for myself and Porter Hayes and the Hawk Talk podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to give us some star power. Maybe leave a written review for us if you're on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys around. Go Hogs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.